and we're live. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Live Reality Games, the podcast where we talk about the games that are live and happening in this reality. I'm Parker, and joining me is Nathan. Nathan, how you doing? Eh, I, I'm I'm all right. I'm all right. Finals are killing me right now, but yep. Survivor Angelica is not, so I'm appreciating this break from homework. Right I feel now. like that should be like a quote on the Survivor Angelica box set. Yeah, it didn't kill me. That is that yeah, that's a yeah. killing review, right? <laughs> yeah. I have to It doesn't sh- it hasn't shattered my dreams like it has some of the people who have been the season. <laughs> <laughs> I have to imagine if you're like me especially given uh your job that maybe that is practically killing you though around the holiday yeah, season. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Because uh, with you with finals, I'm like, I'm just exhausted <laughs> it, with work. But and, but regardless, thank you everybody for sticking with us. We're going to cover episode three tonight. And Nathan, this was an interesting episode, I have to say. It, it took a different approach than the first two, where there was no cutting in between the tribes. You know, there was no, okay, here's a... A Malik confessional, here's a Bostor confessional. No, it was more so the first half of the episode was so we can flush flesh out more of the Bostor tribes dynamic than the challenge. In the second half, we got a little bit more fleshing out the dynamic of the uh, the Malik tribe. And I thought that was a little bit of an interesting uh, way of editing this episode. How, how did you think about the episode? It, um, it almost felt like I was doing live feeds for Real Foot again. <laughs> Because the way it's formatted, we get some strategic conversations, but particularly on Basra, we're mainly getting confessionals. And similar to how when you're filming live for one of these games, you get get your information filtered from these interviews. In the same way, you felt like you were gaining more information as you went along. And Basra is really weird because they're simultaneously really, really complicated. And also about as straightforward as you can humanly get. Honestly, I couldn't have said it better myself because, and we'll get into it, we have a lot of different dynamics. And despite having several different opinions on what this tribe should do and who's really in the power position, like you said, the the actual pecking order is pretty straightforward. So we'll get into that. We start off the episode with Billy. And Billy says that the previous night, a five-person alliance was formed. It was formed between himself, Chelsea, Amy, Jay, and Sarah. Now, at least for Billy, this doesn't surprise me. You and I talked about last week how Billy was somebody who everybody just seemed to work with. He was in everybody's good graces. So I'm not surprised at all Billy is in this alliance. But the interesting thing to note, I think, on this tribe is Chelsea and Amy are in this alliance. And then pretty soon after, we get Chelsea and Amy both saying, yeah, Jared is the number one target, so we need to get away from him. Amy even says, yeah, Jared has to go. So <laughs> I want to ask you, it's kind of it's kind of interesting. Again, this is a very like generalized question, but do you think Chelsea and Amy are making the right call right now, just completely abandoning Jared, despite even though he's a number for them? Well, let's go over the reasoning here. Okay. My, uh, Chelsea thinks Jared is rubbing people the wrong way. And of all the confessionals this episode, that was the one that I wanted to be elaborated on more. Because the (laughs) only other information we have about Jared and why he's being 
targeted is from Amy in which she says Jared knows too much about Survivor and he quote unquote <laughs> does Survivor in his free time. <laughs> yeah, it's like a you know, it's a casual hobby, you know. <laughs> yeah. I I still don't know how one does Survivor in their free time. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, we've talked about, like, people do these LRGs in their free time and these orgs in their free time, so I wonder if that's what she meant, but like you said, yeah. I didn't think about the way she said it. He just does Survivor as a concept in his free time. <laughs> that that was a very funny way of saying it, and I know it wasn't intentional on Amy's part. You're right, but th that is the reason why Jared seems to be targeted. Uh, he's He knows too much. He's a threat. Um, people think he just he's a little schemy. He'll he'll flip at the merge potentially a lot of reasons going out for Jared. So, and you and I, not to get too much in our game, just pull an example from when we played. You know that first round of season six, we're on the same team. Only really one person was throwing out my name. Everyone else was kind of like, uh, I'll just do whatever it takes, you know, to not be voted off. So in those instances, I think. If, if that was the case on this tribe, if just one person, say Jay, was throwing out Jared's name really hard and everyone else was just like, I just want to survive, I think maybe Chelsea and Amy should fight a little bit harder to keep Jared. But it seems from what we're seeing, just most half, if not more than half of the tribe wants Jared gone no matter what. So really, I think Chelsea and Amy probably are making the right move abandoning Jared here. What do you think? The thing is, I just don't think we have enough information. Like, do you know if Jared plays, like, a bunch of live games? Well, Does, well, he's is that what she means when she says he does it in his free time? <laughs> well, he... I don't know if they know it, but, you know, Jared's talked about he has a connection to Sarah on this team, and he knows of Alyssa, but I don't know if Jared has talked about that. It more so might be kind of like, you know, when you played, you know, you had Tristan on your team, and he just knew every. He just knows everything about the show, so it could just be that. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. But you're right. That we don't have a whole lot of information. Again, as spoiler alert for, I don't know why anybody would watch this without watching the episode. It will not ultimately matter this episode. But I just thought it was interesting that, and I wanted to give kudos at least for now. Again, maybe it'll backfire. Maybe Jared does flip eventually and it takes out chelsea name but for right now i want to give chelsea name a little bit of credit for having the self-awareness to know that jared's on a sinking ship and we don't want to go down with them so i i thought that was an interesting part that they highlight in the episode another yeah. interesting part for me in these confessionals on basra was jay comes up while amy's having a confessional the same confessional where amy proclaimed that jared does survivor in his free time jay came up and he says, he basically says, we should be a final two. And I don't know about you, if you picked up on this, but I thought I thought Amy didn't really sell the idea that she wants to be in a final two very well. But Jay, did you get that vibe? It was a bit of a weird vibe between the two of them. Yeah, but well, I, this might not be true. Like, speaking as someone who, like, sometimes gives off, like, vibes that I'm not feeling... I, I understand that maybe this is just a misread, but watching it, it definitely came across as, oh, Jay's really into this, but Amy is not. Yeah, that's it, that's the vibe I got. Again, I'm not saying anything about maybe this is just how maybe it's this is early in the morning for all we know when they're filming these. You know, 
you and I both certainly know what it's like to wake up early in the morning and immediately have the, the camera crew ready to film. Again, maybe Amy meant nothing by it, but I just thought, you know, we talk about sometimes how body language is a, is a, a, a tell when you're having these conversations. And Amy is just, she's, her arms are crossed the whole time. You know, she has the excuse of trying to be lookout. You know, she's not even looking Jay in the eye half the time. Again, she may have just been look on lookout, you know, making sure nobody's watching them. Again, maybe that's the excuse, but I'm not quite sure why the arms were crossed the whole time. Again, and I am not saying this to just say Amy is not doing a good job here, but I thought it was, like you said, Jay is clearly laying out a huge part of his game plan here to Amy. And I thought her reception to it was she could have at least pretended to be more into it if she wasn't. Maybe she's all for it. I don't know. Amy is somebody who clearly is in a good position because not only does Jay want a final two with her, so does Chelsea. So she's holding a lot of cards. And uh, I'm, I'm curious to see what she does uh, with all these final two deals. And it's a, one thing that might come up with this is that Chelsea and Amy, they do have allegedly a close alliance here but it's a little bit confusing because the way it's cut together it gave me the impression that she wasn't loyal to either of them because (laughs) because with jay like we talked with it was very kind of uh hesitant Mm -hmm. and with chelsea they keep talking about how Chelsea is like oh I, i fully trust amy she's my number one and she's she knows I'm her number one, that kind of thing. And then right. it immediately cuts to her talking with Jay with the exact same thing. So I don't know <laughs> if I'm reading too much into this here, but maybe Amy is just going to systemically take out every single person who does survive her. <laughs> who does survive her? <laughs> yes. I think that's the right read. But no, I mean, I I think, again, we're going off the information we present here. Again, we don't know what action. I mean, we have a pretty good idea that if this tribe loses, Jared goes home. But again, we don't know what happens if this tribe swaps with all eight people still in the game. We don't know what happens if they merge with, say, six or seven of them still in the game. So and like and like we've covered this uh, this whole podcast so far, Amy just has a, a lot of power. She's in the five. She's got something with Jay. She's got something with um, uh, Chelsea. As far as he know, as far as Jared knows, he still has a three, including Amy. So she has a lot of power, and I'm curious to see where she goes. Speaking of Jared, one conversation I wanted to point out, uh, uh, bless his heart, as we say in the South. Um, Jared, the cameraman asked Jared, is there any reason or enough, uh, has any decision made, been made on who should go home first? And Jared says, no. There isn't enough of a reason or there hasn't been a decision made on who should go home first. Immediately cut to Sarah going, yeah, so Jared's the plan. <laughs> and, and I, and I want to give Jared credit here because as two guys who've done confessionals for one of these games before, we need the player, you know, you need players to actually give you something to work with when you're cutting together episodes like this. You know, if Jared just went, mm, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, we'll, we'll just have to see what happens. You know, that, that doesn't yeah. give you anything. So... I appreciate the fact that Jared is willing to set himself up for a potential ironic downfall with a statement like that. The problem is, is when you're podcasting about it like we are, it's fun to point out and, you know, talk about how (laughs) ironic it is. But I just wanted to give Jared a shout because I I appreciate players who actually do give stuff in confessionals. 
but it, it does – when you do say stuff like this, you, you have to know you're setting yourself up for moments like this. As someone who does confessionals, what, what did you think about this? I It was so weird because it's, it's a weird dichotomy where he's being targeted because, oh, Jared, he's so sneaky. He's an ultra schemer, this mastermind. And then they interview him, and it's like – you know, I, I like my tribe and most of the people on here. I, I guess we'll have to base it on the challenge. I, it seems unfair to target anyone before that. I mean, we want to stay as one strong team. Hey, I, I hey, don't I, get I, it. I, <laughs> it. It was weird. It, it was weird. Again, there's probably some conversations that's happening off camera that we're not seeing. Jared Nonsense. We know everything. That's true. What we, we say is true. <laughs> this is all that's happening what we're seeing yes. is everything that's happening there's no subtext happening off screen you're right what am i saying but no, yeah you're right. if any of you players out there if you correct us you're wrong because <laughs> we saw a youtube video so we know these things we saw four <laughs> minutes of of what 24 hour day no yeah. we know it all but yeah, yeah. Well, uh, but again, like you said, it, it was funny that that was the confessional they played, juxtaposing Jared. What a schemy guy! <laughs> so that that was that was interesting. Um, that that all these people are just trying to pile on Jared now again. And but but Billy, I don't know how else to put it. Honestly, it just everybody wants him. Billy says he actually. This is our first time because we talked about last week. We didn't quite know where Jared stood. Or sorry, Janet stood. But Billy, he's gonna shout out Janet. He's gonna say, "Yeah, if I had my way, I think we should keep Jared. Janet should go." So I'm very happy for Janet that <laughs> that the first we're hearing over this episode is she needs to be targeted. But we do get to hear from Janet and Steve a little bit now. Again, as we saw from Steve last week, you know, despite winning the challenge, he did a terrible job. So yeah. he's on the lower he's on the lower hierarchy of the Boss team. Um, along with Janet as well. Um, again, just we don't have all the information, but just given what little we saw from this episode, do you think Steve and Janet have any idea that they're on the bottom of this tribe? Oh, this was maybe my favorite scene of the whole episode <laughs> because it shows how arbitrary a lot of connections and alliances are. <laughs> because so Steve explains that he Please feels explain close. This. He feels close to Janet because his wife, Steve's wife, worked out at the same gym as Janet at one point. So therefore, final two. <laughs> and then Janet, and then according to Steve, Janet pulled a, you know, an Amy when she was talking to Jay and she was very uh, unresponsive to this. And Steve is behooved. <laughs> To find out that Jan does not immediately want to go to the funnel too with him. <laughs> yeah, he said that Janet was trying to like keep it cool, like, oh, I'm not sure that's really a connection. As <laughs> there the way this is being treated, it's as though like Janet is Steve's like sister. It's like, yeah. oh crap, we, we can't have anyone knowing that <laughs> your wife went to my same gym at one point. <laughs> the people will target us immediately. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, will they not? <laughs> I mean, 
well, we saw last week that they're willing to vote someone off because of Battleship, so yeah. this would not be the most absurd reason we've seen thus far. There must be something in the, the water uh, in Survivor Angelica, because the other tribe also was willing to vote somebody off over Battleship. So exactly. I, I, I'm not sure this is uh, specific to Basra. Um, anything else from the uh, Basra section before we head into the challenge? So I'm trying, I'm looking through my notes, seeing if, mm -hmm. yeah. Oh, oh, we skipped through Jay's content here. Oh, so, yeah, yeah. You're right. You're right. Let's talk about Jay's So you content. mentioned earlier that we don't know if Jared has played a million live games and that's what they mean by doing Survivor as a hobby. Well, let's take that a step above beyond that. Jay is a winner of this game, according to him. Unless and has I misheard made challenges. This. Jay is a, has made challenges, has won Survivor Angelica before, and no one knows this. Like, he opens up the confessional like, yeah, I want to hide my Survivor knowledge. And at first you hear this and you're thinking like, oh, he means he's a bigger fan than he's letting on. Ooh, sneaky. But then he's no, I, I've won the game before. <laughs> Just keep it Which up. is a huge bombshell. I feel like he should have opened with that, like in confessionals. <laughs> he says his goal is he doesn't want to be too aggressive, which so far, I don't think he's been too aggressive. So, no. succeeded so far. Yeah, I mean, other than Billy says that Jay was... Billy blames Jay for the one really spearheading the the Jared, uh, the uh, vote Jared out narrative. I don't really see any example of Jay playing too aggressive. And and so I think he's doing a good job living up to that so far. But like you said, it is, it's funny <laughs> contrast when you have Jared, you know, who just does Survivor as a hobby. And then you have Jay, a literal winner of this game, but no one knows about. So that, that makes, so that brings up two things in my mind. Either Jared, Talk, openly is talking about all these survivor games that he's played you know and jay is just smart enough to not open up and talk about his survivor angelica past or unfortunately people who just happen someone like sarah who happens to know jared is just opening up to the other players about all of jared's past experiences whereas jay doesn't seem to have any issues or at least no one seems to know of jay on this team jay's past you know, when it comes to Survivor Angelica. So Jay may just be lucky here and nobody's riding him out. Maybe Jared ratted himself out. I don't know. But like you said, it's it's funny that Jay is, and I think Jay is saying it with, a with you know, tongue-in-cheek, you know, he knows the fact that he's targeting Jared for all these reasons, knowing the fact that he's a winner of this game and he's, play, he's made challenges. So to give Jay, to Jay's credit, I think he knows the absurdity of the situation. I don't think he's, unaware of how ironic this sounds but it is funny from a viewing standpoint when you really pick it apart it it's very weird all these like pre-game relationships because yeah. jared is one of his first confessionals is he's talking to the camera like ah i i have a connection with sarah from survivor buffalo and that might play a huge role in this game. And then, according to Sarah, she's just immediately like, yeah, screw, screw Jared. Let's vote him out immediately. <laughs> in confessional, she's, she's not even, like, saying other options. She's talking about, like, oh, once we get into the five-person alliance, I'm afraid of Chelsea, Jay, and Amy. Like, no concern right. for her 
survivor buffalo friend Jared over here. <laughs> and and again, I'm glad they're bringing it up on the uh, in the edit because it is clearly having a factor relationships. And given the current state of live reality games, it's just these relationships are unavoidable. There's just gonna always be some. And I'm not I'm not complaining here. It's just it's just funny going back to when you and I first played a live reality game, and this was just yeah, there was one or two connections, but it was not this apparent, you know. But the community has gone bigger, and there's been more and more games that the likelihood of these cross tribal or you know cross game relationships has become, you know, even more imminent. So it, it's just funny that yeah, they do need to talk about because it, it is having a factor. But like you said, it's jarring. <laughs> Uh, considering where we started a few years ago to where we are now. So it, it is kind of funny in that way. I do like how we've had this in both uh, in uh, several episodes at this point. Mm -hmm. The show does joint confessionals where they yeah. simultaneously serve as confessionals and also strategy talks, mm -hmm. which I really like this. I yes. actually wish... Uh, other shows would make use of this because it's an interesting dichotomy between how someone talks when just one other person is around. Oh, absolutely. It's, I think more games should take this. I think I said this last week, like you said, it's just different. It's, it doubles as both, you know, maybe some personal content, but also more insight into relationships a lot quicker. Um, and, and it's interesting when you see two people having a conversation and then you get to hear each one of them individually in their own separate confessionals, how they really feel about that person versus how they behave. Cause you know, I don't think it's a, I don't think I'm, you know, blowing anyone's minds when I say that anytime you play this game, you're going to act around certain people differently than how you talk about them alone and in private to the camera. That's just how it's going to be. There's just some people you either get a bad vibe from strategically and you just have to play it off like nothing's wrong or you just don't vibe with them as well but you have to save face um you know so you don't get voted out so i do really like this uh double confessional duo confessional that survivor angelica is doing and i hope it stays through the whole uh season i think it's a great uh implementation so i think i think we can get into the challenge here and for those who don't know nathan and i's opinion on this challenge it's amazing. I yeah. love this challenge. I I love it on the real show. I love it in these fan-made live reality games. I just think this is a phenomenal challenge all around. Um I love and hate it at the same time. I love watching I know why it, you hate it. <laughs> and I love it having it on production. It's a great challenge. It's always entertaining. It's always very tense. But playing it is a oh, nightmare. Yeah. This is one of the most stressful challenges you can do. Oh, yeah. Like, outside of just basically waterboarding people like they did in some earlier seasons of the show, like, this is basically <laughs> one of the most nail-biting <laughs> challenges that you could have to participate in. <laughs> and and you guys and for those at home nathan and i compete in this challenge on the same team and we lost it so you know we love this challenge if we're still saying things about it despite having yeah. every reason to have bitter feelings towards it but no like you said i mean this challenge is just a win-win again it's not fun to play it but it's a win-win from a production aspect what you want 
you know, like it doesn't give any real advantage, honestly. I mean, I guess it helps if the members of your team are evenly, you know, even in terms of heights. But other than that, I don't, I mean, it doesn't matter if you're the strongest, the, the smartest, the fastest, whatever. It's just about communication, focus, you know, and balance and just staying, keeping your cool. So, and that's just a great challenge all around. It's a great for not just Survivor, but just any type of team exercise, but especially in Survivor, like you said, where everybody's losing their minds, nobody wants to go home and it's just great. But they added a twist to it that at least I haven't seen. And we definitely haven't certainly done on real foot. Nathan, no, they had six people when we did it. It was only four. They had six people. And on top of that, only one person was allowed to uh, adjust the stack. You know, nobody else could do it like we could when we played. Anybody could have, any of the four of us could have adjusted the stack when we did it. Only one person could do it in this one. And on top of that, they had 10 blocks. Nathan, our team sucked so bad we couldn't even get six. <laughs> we, the production had to limit it to five. Do you remember that? <laughs> I do. I don't know how this challenge was ever completed like no, we must seriously. have some low-key challenge beasts on this cast because just having this many blocks on top of each other <laughs> with these like restrictions is just insane to me i mean yeah. stacking three blocks to me seems insane let alone this <laughs> like haiku they had to write up there <laughs> and and again you know there's some differences again like they they are they're able to touch the rope on the ground i notice as you and i know in real foot we, we can touch the rope the, the rope couldn't touch the ground in this challenge their ropes could but again that's nothing when you have sick two additional people to try and uh you know not lose focus or control and 10 freaking blocks so i don't know how they did i think it had to be something with like um the actual like I guess board that the ropes to attach to, you know, ours was a very like thin flat square. Theirs seemed to be a little bit more of a bulky oval type of uh, base. So maybe that was it. Uh, I don't know, but somehow they're able to get 10 blocks on here. I feel like we just skipped over the fact that you said this would be a good team building exercise. Yeah, it would. You, you think this, I feel like my, any team I've ever been on would immediately just quit if we even <laughs> tried to do this challenge. Hey, I mean, team building exercises, are they not supposed to be a little frustrating? Are people not supposed to get upset? In here's the thing. I don't think team building exercises are that good in principle <laughs> because <laughs> I don't think they're that good in principle because <laughs> you're supposed to give them tasks that are supposed to, cause conflict and people getting upset and the goal is to help them reconcile their differences and make it to where they can communicate better and this is the perfect task for that in theory if you want to do a team building exercise and again this is a this is a whole other podcast entirely but i don't think team building exercises for that reason are that good <laughs> the worst team building exercise i ever had to do was we all had a hula hoop on our team and it was all on one of our fingers and we had to slowly lower the hula hoop as a group it was what? an absolute nightmare it was yeah. boring <laughs> and it was frustrating 
and it made me want to cry. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm saying. In terms of team building exercises, this challenge would fit right in. That's not to say that. That's to say that team building exercises aren't good in theory. <laughs> it's good in that it will make you sob. <laughs> <laughs> It'll make you want to quit. <laughs> yes. Yes. The most frustrating team building exercise I ever had to do was we had to stand on this very narrow balance beam, and like they randomly put us on there, and we had to separate ourselves from earliest birthday on one end and latest birthday on the other end and you had to like try and not without falling on the ground because if anybody falls you got to reset you had to try and maneuver your way around people without falling off the balance beam it was annoying <laughs> it was frustrating uh and it was just irritating so it was a great team building exercise I f that now that you say that that might be a good challenge on, uh, for yeah, this show. They've done, they've done something like that on the show, you know, before. It just, just they just, for us, they added in the uh, birthday uh, aspect. Um, so, yeah, just again, yeah, this would be this. Have I, have I convinced you that this would be a good team building exercise already? Not because team building exercises are good, but because it fits the bill. <laughs> uh, the hula hoop challenge would not make for a good competition on the show, though. I, I think everyone would immediately tune out if you survivors ready go. <laughs> I don't know. I remember in one world they did uh what was it bolo ball bolo toss and everybody yeah. loves that season. So I think yeah it exactly out the best. universal <laughs> acclaim. <laughs> Survivor one world. But, so my favorite part of this challenge is um uh, of, of what we see actually in the episode. My favorite part is um. Jared, he does end up placing the winning block for the team, and he gets to win. But a few minutes earlier, he ends up trying to place the last block, and it completely falls for the Bossford tribe. And again, despite winning the challenge and placing the winning block for his team, you just know when they got back to camp, oh, Jared, he did terrible in that challenge. Yeah, he won it, <laughs> but he didn't win it well enough. I hate Jared. <laughs> you know that's what happened, right? <laughs> it's the tale of two tribes. On on the one tribe, they're like, oh, they lost the challenge, so let's vote them off. <laughs> on the other tribe, oh, they won the challenge. We gotta get rid of them. <laughs> they didn't win it well enough. <laughs> no. Oh, it's like, maybe maybe this was the best thing to happen to Steve. Now he just needs, Steve, Steve just needs to basically give Jared the shovel because he's digging his own grave for winning yeah, the challenge. Have won. No, no. That's don't a big no-no, so Jared. What I'm learning from Bostra is don't lose the challenge, but also don't win the challenge, clearly. So, Jared, um, if he does Survivor in his free time, surely he should have done this block challenge in his free time, too. I mean, he should have been able to do this by himself. Yeah. Vote him off. Immediately. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> I did have I did have flashbacks to when soon after the Boster tribe drops their stack, um, Malik, pretty soon after, despite only being like one block away, drops. Because, again, and I'm sure... for. Again, unless like your theory holds true that these are just some low-key challenge beasts and both tribes only drop once. 
going back to when we played, you know, there was many more falls. Like if they made that challenge when our team didn't do an episode, they would have to cut out how many times we dropped it. So uh, it yeah. did bring back that frustration of seeing how close Malik was to winning and then it just dropped, which uh, just again adds to the stress of this challenge. Yeah. It that's one thing that I don't think translates in edited versions. And something I think of whenever I watch any version of this is what doesn't come through is how many times they've failed at this. So, yeah. like, let's say you're watching uh, an episode and someone, uh, the tribe afterwards says, oh, they did really bad on the balance beam. Like, on the show, you might see them mess up once or twice. But in real life, they probably messed up, like, 15 times. Yeah. Because these challenges go on way longer. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. That That's a good point. You know, they have to edit it down because you just, again, you don't want to bloat the episode. And neither does CBS with just constant uh, tribes failing or having to redo a certain part of the challenge over and over. Just showing it a few times gets the point across. But when you're actually there in person playing it, it's very stressful and very frustrating in the moment. Especially when you get so close to finally you know, to winning the challenge and then just one little thing goes wrong and you have to start over. It's a really, it's a really interesting uh, experience having played one of these and then becoming a viewer. Uh, and I think if, and if anybody again is interested in ever playing a live reality game, one, they should do it because it's just fun. But two, just know that there, there's so much more differences from what you're seeing uh, from as a viewer to, when you're actually there in person, because a lot of things just don't translate as a viewer, like you said. Yeah. Uh, I'm skipping ahead a little bit. We'll obviously circle back. Go ahead. But Chad had a really funny line at Tribal Council uh, where he said, we always had unity. We had no problem with the unity part, <laughs> which is a play on words. I, yep. I really found it funny, so I appreciated that little joke there. Oh, yeah. I mean, any time you it, it honestly kind of remind me of you <laughs> when we're at tribal and you, you know, you joke around with the answers, not to a disrespectful degree. It's just, you know, you make light of the situation because, again, bal balancing out giving away too much information and your tribal answers with, you know, not blowing up your game is a very delicate line to uh, balance. And I'm sure you clearly figured it out that if you just make a joke of it then that's enough of an answer <laughs> speaking of not answering at all but just giving a joke answer we have our favorite my favorite contestant on this whole season kurt given kurt. his maybe his only confessional of the episode i think it oh, might have please. been uh, I love and this he <laughs> he gives this amazing insight this totally direct insight he says we have some people over there we have some people over here then we have me. Who do you think will go? Hard cut. <laughs> I love how we're three episodes in and they, they have not stopped adding in Kurt's random ad libs. <laughs> it's so the much funnier the way it's edited. Like, that yes. wouldn't be funny if you didn't just immediately hard cut to something else. <laughs> yeah, something relevant. <laughs> That's why it's funny. And I'm... Sh I, and What's funny is the implication is that Kurt is not saying anything that's relevant to what's going on. Because I'm sure he is, obviously, but the way they edit it makes it seem like Kurt is just living in his own world and he happens to be on this team. And it's just great. I, I love his dry sense of humor and I love the fact that 
the editors have found a way to make a running joke out of it. And props to the cameraman in that confessional too, I was going to say, because if you just, if it's just on Kurt the whole time, he says, there's two people here. Who's two people over there. That wouldn't be as funny, but you have the cameraman breaking the fourth wall, turning the (laughs) camera to both groups as Kurt says them. It just adds to the joke. So props to the cameraman for doing that. He, Kurt is like a Bill Murray on Survivor. (laughs) <laughs> he just has such a great dry delivery to all of this, and it cracks me up. Well, I, Malik lost the immunity challenge again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I can see that happening. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Exactly. So, um, go ahead. Sorry. So the Malik vote is so straightforward that they are not even strategizing really about the current vote. They're strategizing for the next one and even the merge. Yeah. This is like a housekeeping day for Malik. They've gone to so many of these. Well, and and I was going to bring up the 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 despite the straightforward vote, the point that they made through throughout um some confessionals and uh throughout tribal was again, this is not this is a vote based on loyalty. This tribe has essentially thrown in the towel that they can just go come back and win a bunch of challenges. They've thrown in the towel. <laughs> yeah. So they are now going to vote based on loyalty in the event that they have a swap or uh, a merge. Um, and I was going to ask you, this is this more of a newer thing we're seeing in modern Survivor? Because again, a swap is expected in every season now. That's just where we are in the Survivor uh Zeitgeist. So the fact that I think it takes me back to the example I can think of is Edge of Extinction, you know, with the great Chris Underwood, where they're like, yeah, we've lost three challenges in a row. Even though Chris is our best uh, asset, he's not loyal. So we're going to vote him out. Again, that's kind of what this reminds me of. They're more so, rather than winning challenges, they want a loyal tribe to go into a potential swap or merge. So again, is, is this. Again, very situational, but do you think this is the right mindset if you're on a losing tribe like this? You just need to worry about loyalty at this point and not trying to win the challenges. Is that the right call? They're not going to go on a four-challenge immunity streak after this. I just don't. Maybe maybe it could happen. I just I don't feel like that the way this game is structured, that they're going to go that long without a swap. And even if they don't, I, I'm i sorry, Malik, I just don't think you have the stops to pull out all of these wins here. I mean, <laughs> you couldn't win Battleship. I, this, I don't think this is meant to be at this point. Hey. Prove me wrong. I, I like hey. you guys, so prove me wrong. Hey, that was Nick's fault. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why the vote. That, that's actually something that's interesting. Is they even admitted like, yeah, we just arbitrarily blamed someone for the last two, <laughs> and that's why we voted them off. But this time, it's no one's fault. So we're we have to actually vote, uh, based on like strategy, which is weird because if anything, this feels like the challenge to blame someone on. I was just because gonna say- literally pr- putting the blocks up on there. Yeah. I was just going to say, like, I like Malik. This, I'm not making fun of him, but, like, this feels like a challenge, like, compared to the last two. The first one, the other team had an advantage in the challenge, and the second one was Battleship. 
I feel like this, <laughs> I feel like, like you said, this is the challenge that you can arbitrarily blame someone and it will make the most sense. I'm not saying they couldn't before do what you got to do, but like this challenge, it seems like to make the most sense, you know, somebody wasn't communicating well enough. Somebody didn't do a good job, you know, holding the rope. They were too much of shaky hands, whatever you, whatever reason you want to give, this is the challenge for that. So it was funny that this was the challenge where they went. Nah, we can't blame anybody. This is just a loyalty vote. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> no. But in, in all seriousness, I do. In all seriousness, this probably was the right call. Um, again, they had the five, and you know, the, the Janet or sorry, Janet uh, Jillian did not vote with them last time. She's on the outs. This is probably the right call to make. But honestly, if I'm Kurt. Why would I want to stick with this team in a swap or a merge? Like my name gets my name has been written down every single time. Like if you're Kurt, how do you feel at this point, knowing that you're clearly expendable in this group? Well, it's a weird situation because he's simultaneously the figurehead of this alliance, and he's the target, and he's the scapegoat. And he's too big of a threat to keep around. Like, we're skipping ahead a little bit, but Brett later says that he's afraid to bring Kurt too much further. Because if they make it to the merge, Kurt will be such an overwhelming threat that no one will be willing to work with them. Because Kurt is just this, like, ball of energy. This massive threat that everyone will feel the need to target. Or else he'll just win by default. So it's a very odd thing. He's like Cochran and Boston Rob simultaneously. <laughs> and somewhere Jeff Probst is drooling. <laughs> yes, Kurt. He's the, the, Kurt would be Jeff Probst's favorite if he was on CBS Survivor. And correct me if I'm wrong. Doesn't again? And he's telling Jillian to this, so he's it's keep, take it for what it's worth. He's probably just telling Jillian something that he doesn't actually believe. But he tells Jillian that. Kurt has done nothing for this tribe. <laughs> like, so, like you said, add on to that, Kurt's not, he's the target. He's the figurehead. He's a threat. And he's not a threat all at the same time. So, like, where, where, I want to know, where does Survivor Angelica find this guy? This guy is clearly a breakout star. He's wearing so many hats. I don't even think the tribe knows how to classify him anymore. there's a moment later on where Alyssa's talking about how Kurt offered her and Chad final three and offered to bow out to let them win which is such an interesting conversation (laughs) I yeah I I honestly I I mean how do you take that if you're Alyssa (laughs) um take him to the final three maybe he'll bow out no, he's too much of a threat. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> well, Maybe, I feel like though. they have Allegedly. numbers right now. Yeah, they'd only need like five more votes, and they're good. They only need to pull like Allegedly, five people. Allegedly, he's a threat. Yeah. Yes. So, so jumping ahead a little bit, uh, we can go back certainly if there's any other conversations you yeah. want to talk about. But my favorite thing as we walk into tribal council that I'm sure you noticed, I'm sure everybody watching Hobbit noticed as well. It was probably just me who knows this. But as they walk into tribal council, I noticed Jillian has a new shirt. And it was really, and I wrote down what the shirt says. I can't say it because I don't want to get fired. Uh, The shirt says, be effing awesome. 
And then it and then it plugs uh, a website at the bottom of that. I couldn't quite make out what the website says, but I could make out be effing awesome. So I, I, I assume this shirt is plugging some sort of website. So Nathan, the obvious question here is that I have to ask, did Jillian make a bad decision by changing her shirt for this travel council? Well, I think it's good advice. I mean, <laughs> being effing awesome, I think it's overall a pretty good strategy. I mean, if someone's yeah. really awesome, you want to keep them in the game. Well, right. unless you're on the other tribe in which they win it and they're, oh, they're too no. awesome. Vote them no, off. They're too... <laughs> no, they could have been more awesome. awesome. We don't want people who win challenges. That that's too awesome. <laughs> but again, you know, the, how am I just am I losing my mind here? But the first tribal that Jillian changes her, I bring the bad decisions shirt. She wears be effing awesome shirt. Was that a? She gets voted off. So was that a bad decision on Jillian's part? I need to know. Um, based on how straightforward the vote was, like in confessionals beforehand. I, I, to be honest, I'd have to say it was absolutely solely because of her shirt. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I knew it. I knew it. This is the type of analysis people watch this podcast for. So thank you. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. The, the, there was a really funny moment where Jillian is, it was, I think she was talking to Chad and she was <laughs> like, yeah, we're, we're going to vote out Kurt. I, I love Alyssa. I trust Alyssa. Alyssa's fantastic. Alyssa is the greatest person to ever live. And then we cut to <laughs> Alyssa. Oh, I feel so bad, but we have to vote Jillian off now. <laughs> <laughs> Again, Alyssa it's says it's bad. a curse that she's making all these people feel comfortable with her. And then she has to vote them off. <laughs> Again, it's that juxtaposition that I appreciate from Jillian, knowing that this could easily, you know be played in the episodes and make her, you know, be for an ironic uh, downfall on her part. I appreciate the fact that she's willing to say something that again, ends up being proven wrong in the edit, but uh, I like that she didn't just say, oh, you know, you know, I, well, you know, we'll, we'll just see what happens. No, I appreciate that Jillian wanted to, uh, I appreciate that Jillian actually, you know, said something that could lead to her downfall, but you're right. Alyssa does have a curse. Uh, people like her too much. Yeah. Uh, she's too effing awesome for her own good. <laughs> effing awesome. You think? Oh, oh, oh. Maybe, maybe they all voted Jillian out because they wanted her. I'll bring the bad decisions shirt. Could that have been it? <laughs> yes. is, 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 yeah. is this like the second coming of Angelina and Natalie in Natalie's jacket? <laughs> yeah, Jillian has the two best shirts on this season. Yeah, and it's just her. It's impressive. I'm See, I'm disappointed that as this as these recap podcasts keep going throughout this season that we can't keep a, a counter of Jillian's shirts. You know, I, I would love it if Jillian had a different shirt every episode, but unfortunately we end here. So I don't know if I can forgive the Malik tribe for doing that. We need her to have like the giant GC green shirt. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> like the polo. <laughs> have you seen online for, for, for 41 where apparently uh, like this, this like salmon, type of pink shirt has been passed on all the way back from Voce and it's still in the game yeah. somehow. We need that. I want next episode. I don't care if it's Alyssa, Taylor, Chad, whoever. Somebody needs to walk in wearing one of Jillian's shirts. Absolutely. So what's weird about this whole vote 
is that so it's we're led to believe like yeah this is the easiest vote like we all know it's going to be jillian she didn't vote with us like we like jillian but it has to be her like they're not being mean about it but they're just saying yeah it's pretty straightforward but then we get jillian's final words and she's talking about how she was totally blindsided here yeah which which that happens i'm not blaming her for being blindsided but we must have missed a lot of uh misdirection I mean, we saw Chad kind of lying to her, but mm-hmm. it wasn't like he was doing a whole, uh, you know, spin session here with her, like just weaving a web of lies around here. Right. So I guess other people were just telling her, like, yeah, we're voting out Kurt. It has to be him. Well, I'm glad you brought that up because, again, last week I was, I think you and I both, maybe just me, were under the impression that Jillian was blindsided when Nick went home. Again, unless I misremembered something from the episode. But in this episode, we have not a throwaway line, but quickly, I believe it was Chad talks about it might have been Brett, one of the two. He he they're talk one of, I'll say Brett for now. Brett's talking and he says, um, yeah, I mean, we told Jillian that the vote was on Nick and Jillian refused. She didn't want to vote Nick. She liked him. So again, so that let me know that okay. Jillian wasn't blindsided by Nick. She just chose not to because she didn't want to vote Nick. So again, that gave that one line gave us a little bit more context. Like, like you said, that Jillian, I guess, believed that she was in a better position than she was. And like you said, we might have missed stuff, but again, Chad and Alyssa, she must have been very, very comfortable with Chad and Alyssa. Um, and honestly, I mean, it, the the lie made sense in a way. Because Kurt's been targeted the previous two tribal councils. You tell Jillian, oh, it's on Kurt. You know, Kurt has all these reasons he needs to go. So I guess it isn't super unbelievable that uh, Jillian would be blindsided here. And again, I'm with you. I'm not blaming Jillian at all. I'm just trying to put the pieces together of how of what the tribe told her and didn't tell her that led to her being blindsided. And I think she just really bought that Kurt was the target and she really felt good about Chad and Alyssa. Yeah, that that's the vibe I've gotten from all of this. Um, we, so there's this segment where Brett is talking about his plans for the future. That's also where he talks about how Kurt is this massive threat and they want to vote him off potentially. Mm-hmm. Um, and he gets the vibe that he thinks Jay is the ringleader of the other tribe and he's trying to gather soldiers to pick off Jay. Hmm. which yeah. is an interesting read hmm. yeah I, so, I, I don't yeah. know, no, no, I don't know so, what so gave he, him that impression yeah so it, it's interesting they included here again this is one of those things that could mean ultimately amount to nothing or this could be what we see next again especially if there's no swap and the this tribe loses again I wonder if Again, one for the fourth time, they just don't vote out Kurt, and there's a civil war uh, coming up. Yeah, I, I could see that coming through. Um, well, it seemed, and you said it was it was Chad, it was Chad and Brett who are, who are feeling this way, correct? Uh, I don't remember who he was talking through. I think it might have been Brett and Alyssa who okay. were talking about this. And and Brett said that about Chad. Uh, n- no, he said that about Jay. 
Jay, sorry, Jay, Jay, Jay. Okay, okay. Yeah. Sorry. (laughs) Chad is so good at the game that he's running two tribes at the same time. Two tribes at once. Sorry, I, I, I misheard. There was a... There was a you cut out on my end, and I, I for some reason I thought you said Chad. My mistake. Okay, so scratch that. So Brett versus Jay. Okay, uh, yeah. I mean, I can see that Jay definitely. You can tell. You know, he's got he's wearing his tank top. He's got these muscles. Um, I don't know. If Brett maybe recognizes that he maybe he's a physical threat. I don't know, but maybe you know maybe Brett recognizes Jay from previous Survivor Angelica. I don't know. Uh, I think they would have told us, Brett would have said that if he did, maybe he's keeping that information in his back pocket, but uh, Brett's, Brett seems like the type of guy who want, who would want to control, you know, how the flow of the game. And I'm not surprised that he see Jay, he sees Jay as an adversary in the long term. Yeah. That small bit of information that we have a survivor winner <laughs> playing the game. <laughs> you know, just something you keep in your back pocket. Maybe it comes up, maybe it doesn't. <laughs> yeah, and the fact he has built these challenges himself and knows better than anyone about how to probably win some of these challenges. Eh, not that big of a deal. Yeah, I mean, oh, it's no, no Steve and uh, Janet wife uh, yoga thing. (laughs) It's no Not a real bombshell. (laughs) No, and it's no Jared doing Survivor in his free time. (laughs) (laughs) So, so anything else from the episode before we get into predictions? Uh, Not really. I thought Jillian was fun. I, I enjoyed her. Um... Yeah, I. But it, again, it wasn't that big of a shock for us watching. So. No. Again, I, I I enjoyed Jillian. I think she you I think she really wanted to be out there. You could tell by the voting confessionals that she was a very well liked person. So it wasn't like she just wasn't gelling well. Uh, she just happened to fall on the wrong side of the numbers, unfortunately, which is always going to happen any Survivor game. Um, like I said, I enjoyed her shirts, um, and yeah, I wouldn't mind seeing her come back again, honestly, but I, I do think the tribe probably made the right call, uh, at the end of the day. And I'm curious to see if this tribe loses again, I don't want it for their sake, but if they lose again, what happens next? But so, so again, just jumping real quick back to Basra, let's say they do lose next week. Is Jared, is Jared a dead man? It's hard to say because we just don't know why he's a dead man. Um, other than the fact that he knows things about the show. Right. Um, I could maybe see a flip. A lot of the time with these votes, it's a force of will kind of thing. Yeah. Where So if Jared just absolutely raises hell and says, no, I need to stay in the game. I need to stay in the game. And right. someone else doesn't, like maybe a Janet doesn't put up that much of a fight or a Steve. Mm-hmm. I could see maybe him staying. Um, yeah. But I, at this point, I mean, it's obviously overwhelmingly likely. The The odds are not stacked in this favor here. Right. And that's why I brought up earlier. It's like, if this is the type of thing where only one person is like really pushing, it's got to be Jared. It's got to be Jared. And the rest of the tribe was just kind of, uh, you know, sure. It's not me, and I don't really have much of an opinion either way. I, I, w- I would say Jared had a little bit more of a chance. But right now, as we 
stand. You know, we see Jay wants him gone. We see uh, Amy wants him gone. We see Chelsea is already separating herself from him. We see Sarah even wants Jared gone despite their pre-existing connection. Right now, again, um, again, like you said, unless Billy really just uh, uses his social capital and says, no, we can use Jared as like a number of meat shield and says, let's get rid of Janet. She's a little more of a wild card. I could maybe see Billy making that pitch, but I don't see why he would at this point. Seems like it would seem like an overplay on his part. So if Malik goes, I have to guess it's Kurt, right? I have to imagine it's Kurt. I, yeah, again, I don't, unless, you know, unless, uh, you know, Brett takes my advice and decides to take out Chad for whatever reason. I, I still cannot believe I misheard you when you said that. I'm sorry. It completely cut out. But uh, jokes aside, I have to imagine that uh, Kurt is uh, the one on the chopping block here. You know, you're you're caught you're caught in between two duos. If the duos don't want to vote each other out, easily just vote out Kurt. Unless unless one of the duos picks up Kurt, it, would that would that make any sense? If you're Taylor and Chad slash Brand Alyssa, you just pick up Kurt here. So. We're we're assuming Taylor that these are two tight duos. Is that what you're getting That's, at? Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, well, Kurt said it is, so that means it's true. But also, just you know, yeah. we keep we heard we didn't hear it as much this episode, but we you know we heard all about in the first the first episode about how Chad feels more closer to Taylor than anyone else. Um, Brett and Alyssa have been called out in multiple episodes now as being a tight duo so we're just under the assumption now that these two duos are not going to break up yeah i i could see that and i got it we haven't really brought her up a lot for someone who went to tribal council but huge credit to taylor like for being yeah. someone who was targeted the first round yeah just never having her name brought up any time here and it's no, I, and especially in a round like this when they're talking about future vote outs, just n- not coming up anywhere in the stratosphere anywhere. No, yeah, it it was speaking of Taylor, it, like you said, kudos to her for having her name thrown out round one and to then make herself a, an important part of the majority. Absolutely, kudos to her. It was funny because Alyssa made a point, and I th- and I think. She, I think I probably took it the wrong way, but to me it was like unintentionally she's giving a reason why Taylor should go is I think she's talking to Brett and she tells Brett, I just think Taylor will go wherever the numbers is now. And to me, the way I read that was, okay, so if you guys are coming in without the numbers, Taylor's going to flip, right? Again, I do not think that's what she meant, but to me that was kind of a funny moment of Alyssa trying to prop (laughs) Taylor up. But to me, it came off as like, oh, that's a reason Taylor should go. <laughs> did you catch that at all? <laughs> I did not remember that. That's funny. <laughs> it's it's like saying it's like it's like saying, yeah, this person, yeah, this person knows five people on the other team, has an idol, and is already won an individual immunity in the pre-merge. But I think we should keep them around. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't you, think you know, you know, not a threat at all. <laughs> But absolutely kudos to Taylor. I, I, I really like the game she's playing. She has the connection to Chad. She, as far as we know, is not on the bottom of the team. That's Kurt. 
Um, and she doesn't seem to be ruffling any feathers, so I, I do appreciate her. I, I will say, though, if we get to next week and they vote out that Malik loses again, and then they vote out Kurt, I'm going to be so bummed. Like, <laughs> yeah. We, it would it would have been four episodes, and in these four episodes, we lost four really fun people. I'm kind of yeah. like I, I don't dislike the people on the other tribe, but I really hope we get to see them go to tribal, just yeah. because I feel like we're really losing some good people on the purple side, and we haven't really seen what the other side can do yet. No, I absolutely agree. I think if the other if the green team goes to tribal. We'll see a lot more of their personalities fleshed out. But right now, they're getting to play Kumbaya. Let's just win challenges. And it, it, like you said, I think there have been they have been a lot of fun moments with them, but not nearly as much in comparison to the Purple Tribe. And that's just because we've seen a lot more of them, and we've seen them, we've you know we've seen them as the underdogs. We've seen them have to make tough decisions already three rounds into the game. You know, we've seen them lie we've seen them betray each other we've seen them criticize each other's battleship strategies we've just seen so many facets of these personalities and like you said th there's a lot of good people here and it is it's not only as i'm sure it's frustrating for them to be in the moment it's it's a little disappointing as a viewer to see these fun personalities go so soon but that's the name of the game when you have a good cast like this you're going to lose somebody good every week yeah exactly um any final thoughts on this episode? Um, no, I don't. I, I want to, again, I know we did it last week. I want to give Jason a shout out for how he uh, handled tribal again this episode. Again, uh, th like we've talked about, this was a fairly straightforward vote. Not a lot of uh, uh, forks in the road at all or any chances of anything else happening other than Jillian going home. I appreciate that jason was still able to get good answers from these people you know he didn't he didn't let them him ha or you know give one word answers he was like so what is this vote based on and he got it out of them that they said loyalty and he kind of went with that so i think jason deserves a lot of props because you know i mean you've played this game before i have there are times where if the vote is fairly straightforward the tribal council is fairly straightforward so the fact that he still got some good answers from these people shows that he's doing a good job Jason has an interesting dynamic with the contestants. It's almost like camp counselor e in a good way. Because <laughs> yeah, that tribal yeah. council is like, you guys, you can do it. You can win this next challenge. You never know. This game can sh shake things up. It was very kind. It, it was yeah. refreshing to watch. And again, this is a very straightforward vote. And the fact that we got as good of answers as we did. I mean, huge kudos to Jason. Yeah. It, it, I can't think of it. Like, I remember, especially comparing it to when our team lost this challenge <laughs> in Robo, and Amos is like, so, so Nathan, how, you know, what, what are you bringing to this tribe? Parker, you sucked <laughs> at that challenge, you know? <laughs> we, didn't, we didn't quite get as nice of answers uh, about, about it. So, <laughs> so kudos to Jason for being nice. And of course, everybody love Amos. We're just we're just having fun here. So you're like you said, Jason just has an interesting dynamic where he can be nice to them, but also he can get to the nitty gritty of okay, what is this vote actually about? You know, give me something actually to work with here, and it, it's a it's a very not easy line to balance here. But no, other than that, yeah. that's all I had. Did you have anything else about this episode? 
Not really. I, I thought it was a pretty decent episode. Um, and I'm excited for next week. Absolutely. Me too. I, I enjoyed that we got more fleshing out of the Boster team. I think we have a better idea of where their dynamic is going to go into next episode. Uh, things are really... Uh, the Malik tribe is on the ropes. Um, curious to see what happens next with them. And I enjoyed the episode overall. And again, excellent challenge. You know, and I've enjoyed all the challenges so far, but especially this challenge is just probably one of my favorites I've ever seen on Survivor. So I'm, of course, going to love it when it's showed up here. But that's all we had, everybody. Again, I want to say thank you to everybody who tuned in this podcast and has been following along. Make sure to follow the other podcasts that we have under live reality games covering all sorts of shows and other live reality games. Um, make sure to like subscribe, share comment, uh, do survivor missing. Yeah. And survivor. <laughs> yep. Make sure to, uh, make sure to play survivor, uh, in, in the, or what, what did they say about Jared again? <laughs> that do, do survivor, survivor in your free time. <laughs> yeah. Make sure to do survivor in your free time. Um, Make sure to not win challenges because you'll be targeted. And we're very excited to see what's coming up. Again, um, the holidays are coming up, guys. So we'll do our best to get these uh, recaps out when we can. Just I, I hope that I just ask that everyone is a little patient with us as we don't know what the next few weeks are going to hold with family and getting together and all that stuff. But we'll be here when we can. And we will recap the upcoming episodes. But other than that, thank you guys again for watching. Thank you, Nathan, for joining me and we'll see you all next time.